morning, everybody. You, okay? All right. Okay, there's two versions today. You can, um, you can either get sort of me talking to you, or you can help me. All right? My preference is that you help me. You up for that? You okay? Good. Good, you're good. Um, it's a bit riskier, because I don't know what you're going to say. But um, let's see how we go. I need, I'll need somebody to do a reading in a minute, so if you're ready for that, that'd be great. All right, somebody? And the first one up here gets to read it. All right? Read the passage. Um, we're going to look, we're, we're starting, as, as Nathan said, um, a new series on, uh, on, on our, the Father Heart of God. And um, we've just finished a series on discipleship, and uh, that was part of a, a course we were doing. And I think there's a, there's a graphic up there, I think, probably behind me, is it? I can't see. Yeah. Um, and those sort of steps for disciples who make disciples. And the first one is this casting a vision of the Father's heart. So that's what, you know, that's what we're going to try and do. And um, you will hear over the weeks, you know, just, I mean, we've, we've heard it this morning, haven't we? Just the, the amazing love that, that the Father has for us. And, um, and I just want to know, is there anyone here, all right, qualified at this present time, to call me dad. Is there anyone out there? No. You can call me dad if you like, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't reply. Yeah. Um, Johnny, my son's not here. He's down in Chichester. And uh, Lizzie's not here because she's ill. But um, so what's the, what's the qualif- what's the sort of, what entitles us to call somebody father? To call him dad? What would entitle you to, to call me your dad? Yeah? A what? Yeah. Yeah, so somebody who is my child, yeah? Mine and Jan's child, all right? Okay, they can call her mum as well. Yeah? So that's the qualification. So what entitles us to call God dad? To call him our father. And I just want to kick off this, this series, not by sort of particularly looking at, at the Father heart of God, but just to say, what entitles you to call him dad? Because you have to be a son or a daughter. You have to be a son or a daughter. Yeah? Otherwise it's... Um, you've ever been in a shop where somebody shouts out dad and you sort of turn around, don't you? Yeah? <laughs> Well, it's a bit like that with God. <laughs> if we're going to call him dad, he'll turn around and look. All right. But um, so I want somebody to come. Could somebody come up and read some verses for me? Quite a long, long passage. Who's going to do it? Go on, Steph. Yeah, I've got it here. I'm going to read this from, or Stephanie's going to read this from the um, New Living Translation. I'll probably speak from the NIV. But um, it's a passage in Galatians chapter 3. It goes... It goes across passages, across chapters. Okay, it goes from chapter 3 into chapter 4. So if you want to follow it, it starts in, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 23. Okay, so. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. 
It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that that way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Is this then it goes to Galatians 4? Yeah. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that do not even exist. But now that you know God, or should I say now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? You are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons or years. I fear for you. Perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing." Good. Thank you, Stephanie. I just want to talk, you know, we're going to work through that passage because there's some amazing, amazing truths in there that sort of talk about, you know, our, our, our state before, before faith came and our state after faith came and our position. And, um, and I just want to look, first of all, at our, our, um, our condition, you know, before faith in Jesus came. And um, there's some passages up there, I think, Adam, that says, it's verse 23. Um, uh, is it up there? Can you, if you put up, go through, just carry on. Uh, uh, that, that's it, yeah. So, and both those, I crossed over the chapter because the, the passages say very similar things. So one's addressed really to, to Jewish people, the other is addressed to um, Gentile old people. But broadly, both... Uh, both apply. So, so what, what's looking at those just those verses there? What was our condition before before faith came? What was it? What what was it like? What does it say there? Under the law. Under the law. Yeah. Sorry. Held in custody. So held in held in custody. What what, what people are held in custody? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> anything else? Any anything else? 
We, that was a mouthful, wasn't it? We were in slavery to the elemental spiritual forces of the world. And, um, you know, we were thinking of that earlier on. I think Mark was alluding to that. Um, that, you know, there are things that we um, are, are imprisoned by, aren't there? What was causing it? What caused all that? All us to be in prison, us to be controlled and, and constrained. The law, the law, yeah. Sin. What? What else? Sin. 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 What are some of those sort of spiritual forces then that are keeping us? Principality. Well, principal. We could be, but Paul refers to principalities and powers. But what? What's what? You know, what practically might be some of those things that 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 keep us constrained, keep us. Lies, yeah? Traditions. Traditions. Unbelief. Unbelief. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Lack of faith. faith. Yeah. Anything else? There's lots, isn't there, that could could keep us uh, enslaved. And, uh, and, you know, the law that, the, the bit that refers to the law was... That, um, that that what what Paul is describing is, is he talked about the promises of Abraham that this would you know he would bless all people on the earth, and then he sent Moses didn't he with the law and and it says what does it say it says about the law doesn't it yeah the law was our guardian yeah it was like a, a sort of temporary measure put in place to sort of help us to see help the, the Jewish people to see see things through to see to to get by until until this this thing happened and we'll come on to that in a minute where faith enters the enters the equation where Jesus enters the equation and and the law was like a temporary expedient for them and they but the the, the law because of those elemental spiritual forces at work the law, the law was sort of corrupted, wasn't it? It became one that that Israel added even more law, even more rules to that that really constrained the people and put them in a straitjacket and put them into into prison. And they they abused that uh, that that was meant to be a helpful became a, a real hindrance to them. So well done, well done, guys. Thank you for all of this. And just a thing about the guardians as well, because um, there's a real contrast. We'll come on to sort of fathers later on, but there's a difference between guardians and and people who are who are looking after you know your your relatives, your fathers. And guardians were quite common in Paul's time, and they were like tutors and or other slaves who were told to look after you, and they were often really really harsh. And it was a bit like a bit like any Dickens novel that you've ever read, yeah. It was it was like Oliver Twist in in the in the Poor House. Um, they were just left, and it was quite common in those days for them to be left to uh, to be looked after by some guardian, who who weren't generally particularly helpful to them. They were controlling, they were constraining, they they were harsh, and and that's the that's the situation that that. Paul saying, that's what you were. That's what you were. 
but then, but then something happens that changes everything. Um, you can move it on, Adam, to the next one. Yeah. And um, in the rest of chapter 3, it says, it says, now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, and it talks about, you know, you are all children of God. But what a, what a you know, Jesus dominates these verses that, you, that are up there behind me, doesn't it? Jesus dominates them. Jesus is, is, is here in the, in the middle of these. So just tell me, you know, what are some of the things, what does it say that God has done through Jesus? What's happened from those verses? He made us to be children. Yeah. Oh right, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's not the not the point, is it? Yeah, yeah. Of what you what you are, what your identity is. What is? Okay, yeah. So specifically, what what have what we got in Christ? What has God done in Christ through those verses? Made us children, yeah. Become our father. Redeemed us. Adopted us. Anything else? Made us heirs of a promise. Yeah. Would you like to be an heir or an heiress. What's another couple of things that have happened there? Any more? They're given faith. Yeah. Sorry? He's given us a new life. Yeah. Filled us with the Spirit. Yeah. You're doing well here. All right. You're doing well. Is everyone else preaching to you? Yeah. Okay. It's good. Good. Carry on. Carry on. We've all become one in Christ, yeah? We belong to Christ. Yeah, we belong, yeah? No, no, it's all right. <laughs> there's a couple there. There's the, there's the baptised into Christ, yeah? And there's clothed, clothed in him, isn't there? Did you say clothed? Did you say clothed? Oh, all right, all right. Oh, God. <laughs> what a stroppy bunch. I knew, I, knew, I knew this was an error to do it this, to do it this way. Well done. All right. But the baptism. We've got some baptisms coming up. You know, the, the baptism is a, is a sign of our changed status. Yeah? A sign that we... An external sign of our, of our changed status. But the other thing that dominates here... Um, and I should say we've got baptisms coming up in a, in a month or so, I think. Um, in a few weeks... So if you do want to be baptised in Jesus as a sign of this change status, then you're welcome to join us. So see us after. Um, but the other... Uh, I've lost what I'm saying now. Yeah. <laughs> but also we're clothed, aren't we? You know, we've, we've taken on that, that... His clothing. We've taken on his, um, his persona. Yeah, we're adopted sons, but it's all governed, isn't it, by by faith? It's 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 incredibly important, isn't it, that we that we engage with faith? And it says about faith, it says faith is a you know is is not is a gift of the Holy Spirit upon us, and it's faith that gives us the entrance into all these things. 
It's our faith that allows us to, to, to enter into these amazing, amazing benefits that we have. And I'll just say a bit about, about um, we're adopted, aren't we? And, th- and that's why we can call God Father. Because we're, as somebody said, we're, we're, we've been adopted. We've been through faith. And it is through faith. And it's through faith in Jesus Christ. Not faith in whatever it is. Not faith in my own ability to get by. It's faith totally in what he has done. But that, that entitles us to be adopted as sons and daughters of, of God. And I just want to set the context a bit. I'll do a bit of um, uh, looking now at what, what Paul had in mind. And I think there's a slide up there, Adam, that, um, that talks about, it's from Wikipedia, all right, that talks about what adoption was like in those days. And it says, yeah, it says um, the actual adoption... And I should say that most of the Roman emperors at this time were adopted. Yeah? They were mostly adopted. They were... So, names you'll be familiar with. So, Augustus. um, So, Julius Caesar adopted Augustus. Remember Augustus from, from Christmas? Yeah? Augustus Caesar. So, him, he was adopted. Um... He adopted a, a Tiberius. So Tiberius appears in the book of Acts and um, at the time of, of Jesus' uh, crucifixion and, and, and in, the, in the time of Acts. Um, he, he adopted, he, he then adopted, um, where are we, Germanicus, <laughs> who then had a son called Claudius. So he was like part of that. Claudius appears in Acts of the Apostles, okay? Yeah, names you're familiar with? So he was, he was a result of adoption, and he adopted a guy called Nero that you would have heard of as well. All right? So throughout this period, there's adoption going on amongst all the, the, the Roman hierarchy. So it's a familiar thing that Paul was looking at here. So he's not saying something that's a bit abstract. And what, what it says is in Wikipedia, all right, I'll quote that. It says, um, the actual adoption was often operated like a business contract between the two families. The adopted child took the family name as his own. Along with this, the child kept his, her original name through the form of a nickname. Um, Due to the power of disparity that normally existed between the families involved in adoption, a fee was often given to the lower family to help with replacing, in most cases, the firstborn son. So adoption is a binding contract. An adoption that God's done for us is a binding contract. Yeah? It's not something that's, that's broken easily, or broken at all. Um, they, kept, they had a new name. They had a new name. But they kept the family name. So you remember Simon, Simon Peter? Um, Peter was, was given a new name, Peter, but he kept the old one. And we don't disconnect ourselves totally from our family, necessarily, through becoming this new, new sort of relationship that we have. So we keep those contacts, um, if we can. I know in some cultures that's not possible, but uh, you, know, to, you, there's, you don't sort of forget all that. What you do forget is all the baggage that went with it. So all the debts are, are, are lost, are forgiven, are finished, and you start scratch. And it's always the, the new family 
was pretty well, nearly always, richer and better than the, than the not in a moral sense, but they were better off in a, uh, than the, the family that they were taking the adopted, adopted person from. So they gained all the rights um, of, of, that, of that new family. And a price was paid. And a price was paid. And we've sung, haven't we? You know, and the communion is all about a price being paid for us to be adopted as sons and daughters of the living God. And we gained all the rights. They, they became heirs of their... You saw, with, you know, they inherited the, the, the emperorship of Rome, <laughs> for example. They became heirs. And, they, and despite other children being born, they shared in the, you know, in the air... You know, the, in being heirs of all that their, their father had. So that was, that was common as well. And they were absolutely the sons in law of that father. And that's what we are. That's what, what we, through faith in Jesus Christ, have become. We have become adopted sons and daughters. So you are not a fraud for, for calling him our father in heaven. You're not a fraud for calling him daddy. <laughs> You're not a fraud for calling him Abba, father. You are, you know, if you have faith in Christ, then you are entitled to call him father, to call him your father. And, and as we saw up there, that's all, isn't it? So, you, say, you know, in Christ all have become one. In Christ all have become one. And we've, by becoming into Christ, being clothed in Christ, being baptised into Christ, we have, we've taken his sonship. He's a, he's a legitimate, you know, a naturally born, as it were, son. We have become adopted sons, but we inherit the same, um, the same benefits. We inherit all that he has, all that he is, because we are in him. And that's how we inherit, in him, through him. And it's all of us. Does that list up there, men and you know, there's no women, it's not saying there aren't men and women, there are men and women, you're okay, all right? And it's not saying that we haven't got those distinctions. What it's saying is that those things that we are, which are really, really important to us, are not what defines us. What defines us is our sonship of the Lord Jesus Christ. It goes on, all right? So that's Jesus coming into the equation and what he's done. Yeah, he's made us adopted sons and daughters of the living God. So then the Holy Spirit comes on the scene, yeah? And you see in these passages, you've got the working of the Trinity. You've got Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all working together. And um, so we'll go on, Adam, into the next one about um, Abba, Father. Yeah, he creates intimacy, so the Holy Spirit is there to create the intimacy with the Father, with our adopted Father. It doesn't leave us on our own to try and work it out. He's there to help us. And um, so from those verses, back to you now, why has the Holy Spirit been sent? Create, create intimacy, yeah. Anything else in those verses? Sorry? A free from fear, yeah? 
Anything else? What does the Spirit do? Resides in our hearts to do what? Yeah, he testifies with what? With our spirit, like children of Does that happen? Is he doing that now? Yeah. yeah? Yeah. So he's there to sort of help you to testify and assure you that that you know that you are a child of God. What else does he do? He intercedes on behalf of us. Yeah. Calls out. What does he call out? He's shouting into your hearts, isn't he? Just call him Abba Father, for goodness sake. Just, <laughs> just refer to him as your father. Yeah. And whatever names you use for your dads. Yeah. We are entitled to call him, to call the father in the, in the same intimate way that Jesus called him father. And he used a, a, you know, an Aramaic term you know, which we use, which is Abba. But you know, it's, there's that close an intimacy that not only have we inherited Jesus' sonship, we've inherited his, his ability to call God our, you know, our intimate father and to have that intimacy with him. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us do it. There's parallel verses, and if you get confused sometimes, which I did initially, between the Galatians verses and the Romans verses, they both say pretty much the same. I've chosen the Galatians verses today, but it says very much the same in Romans. So what's the result of the Holy Spirit being in us? Sorry? Transformation, yeah? And what's he enabling us to do? Yep, yep. Anything else? Yes, yeah? We're declaring that we're sons and daughters when we're adopted, yeah? Yep. Okay. So, so we have. Sorry. To free. Yeah, yeah. That frees us, doesn't it? Because we need to continually remind ourselves that we are children of God, and as I would say we do need the Holy Spirit to continually remind us, because as Paul goes on to say, he's really concerned for the Galatians. So there is a but to all of this. There is a but. And I think it's the next, the next one, Adam. If you can move on. Yeah. Yeah, there's a but. There's a but. And Paul is concerned for the Galatians. Why? In fact, he's not just concerned, he's astonished. Why? Why? 
they were, they were going backwards, weren't they? They were preferring the old way. They were, yeah? They were preferring the, if you like, the Old Testament way. In doing that, what were they saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that what what Jesus had done didn't mean anything. They were saying to God, we we don't think you've done it. (laughs) We don't think you've done enough. Yeah? We don't we don't we don't accept this this new way. And they went back. Do you remember the children of Israel? They they moaned in the desert after they'd been set free from slavery and said we'd rather go back to that. And I think there's something in, in the human condition that makes us always want to go back. To always it's it's easier obeying rules. I don't know if you what you've during COVID, right? It was much easier where we had a set of rules to obey, wasn't it? You know, we go, okay, that's fine. I can get that. I can, I can stay indoors. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. And when it was said, well, you've got, a cho- you've got to choose. You can choose. You're free now. We sort of went, woo. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to be able to cope out here on my own. And we, we just, there's something in us that makes us, as, as human beings, revert back don't we yeah to go to go backwards to say that i don't want all those amazingly good things or i don't want to inherit all that stuff do you remember the prodigal son that adrian preached about some time ago he preferred the, the you know to eat eat with the pigs than to eat with his father and there's something in us and i you know that that makes us want to revert want to go back and Paul is really concerned here to say, um, you know, how is that? You're turning back to those weak and miserable forces. So we'd rather go back to weak and miserable forces that have no power over us than we would to the living God who wants to bless us with sonship, with everything imaginable that belongs to Jesus that we can have. And, and, and we just need to guard, don't we? Guard our hearts against going backwards because we are so susceptible to it. I am so susceptible to going back and saying, I don't want, you know, I, I want the weak and, and, you know, powerless over the, over the incredibly powerful. You know, and I don't know what those are for you. You know, it could be everything from, from you know, drink and drugs that you go back to to um to ways that you used to inhabit that you go back to uh and ignoring those those new ways it's almost saying i'll live in the new testament sorry i'll live in the old testament i won't live in the new testament i don't believe you and we just need to guard our hearts and our minds and it's you know and part of the the role of the holy spirit is to help us to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And the final thing about this is that he says, Paul corrects himself, he says, you know God. He said, actually, it's more important that God knows you. 
God knows you. And um, I don't know about you, I've, I've, I've met Prince Charles, King Charles, but he wouldn't know me from Adam. Yeah? He wouldn't, I mean, you know, I've, you've met him, but he wouldn't know me. And I would, I would say to us, God knows you. It is really important that you know that God knows you personally. And when you call dad in the supermarket, he will turn around and answer you. He will come to you because he knows you. It's like sheep, isn't it? You know, who know that they bleat. They all sound the same to me. But each, each sheep knows who they're, who they're responding to. So as we go forward in this, in this, um, I don't want it help. It's ridiculous. Um, as we go forward in this series, you are entitled. You are entitled to call God Father, and your entry in is via faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and having the Holy Spirit continually, continually remind you that you are an adopted son and daughter of God and that he knows you personally. So have you got that? Have you got that? Say yes, Keith. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. So we'll finish, I'll finish there, but I think there's a band come up and I think it'd be good if we just cement that in, in ourselves, in each other, if you're finding it hard to accept that, that you are truly entitled, all of us who have faith in Christ, to be a son and daughter of the living God. If you're having trouble with intimacy with the Father and calling him Father, then we'd, you know, we'd love to pray for you. And just say to him, Holy Spirit, help. And as we pray, as we sing, let's just respond to this word and say, Father, you know, I... I I believe what you've done in Jesus. I believe all those amazing attributes I have through Jesus. And I just want you to embed those within me every, every, every single day. Amen.